Hey everyone, Mike Robertson of RobertsonTrainingSystems.com and Indianapolis Fitness and Sports Training here with a new edition of the Physical Preparation Podcast. Welcome to episode number 400 of the Physical Preparation Podcast. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and this, my friends, is episode number 400. Hard to imagine we made it this far. I think originally when I started recording these shows, I thought, you know, I'll do 50, maybe 100 episodes, but I was definitely going to be done at that point, right? I thought 100 shows for sure. I've said everything I need to say, interviewed all the cool people that I want to talk to, and man, here we are, 300, 350 shows later, we're still cranking out content. We are still creating amazing work and hopefully making people like you better trainers, coaches, and rehab professionals. So before I go any further, I just want to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much. I love and appreciate you. Whether you've listened to one episode or all 400, it doesn't matter. If you are here right now and you're sharing this experience with me, I thank you so much because this show wouldn't be where it is today without people like you. So I've kind of got the show broken up into two sections. I had like four or five, and then I was like, nobody wants to hear me ramble for like two hours straight. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Tim Ferriss. And it's just going to be me talking and kind of brain dumping a little bit and just giving you some insights as to what got us to where we're at today and how things are going to change and evolve both within the podcast and my business as a whole going forward. So this is your first show, maybe a little bit different. It's not normally like this. But if you've been around for a while, if you're a less casual listener and somebody that's listened to a lot of shows, I hope you'll appreciate the candor and just the insight as to kind of my vision for this going forward. So let's dive in. I kind of think of this as what I would describe as the state of the union. So in the you know early 2010s, when iFast was really humming, Bill and I are out there speaking, presenting all the time. You know, we've got this amazing crop of coaches, interns every semester in our gym, I used to do what was called the State of the Union or the State of the IFAST Union. It was like a three to five page letter that I would type up and then give to all of our clients. And it basically gave them some insights as to where I thought we were at as a gym, what I liked, what I wanted to improve upon, and it just gave them this feeling of ownership and that they really knew what was going on. So that's kind of what I'm going to do with this episode. And I hope you enjoy it. I mean, man, I was just in all my feelings today. <laughs> if you saw my Instagram when I was posting this, I had like the R&B going, Tony Braxton, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, and just this overwhelming sense of gratitude because if I could write a memoir of my career and especially the last four years of running a fitness business, it would blow your mind. I guarantee it. Like I can't talk about everything on here and I, you probably don't want to hear me just rant and rave, but... Just thinking about the last four years, we have COVID, right? If you run a fitness business and you're still in business after COVID, kudos to you. And if you left, I get it. I get it. It took a lot of our souls away. So getting through COVID, leaving our space that we had been in 10 years to move into what I consider to be a better space with a group that I thought was really going to synergize well with us. Well, we get in there, all sorts of construction issues, The owner of the business dies, you know, so now we're kind of on our own. They never really get off the ground. So we're trying to get into a new space in the old space. It's just been a disaster. The online client from hell I've been dealing with for a while now. It's just, it's mind blowing to think about the stuff that I've had to deal with. But, but here's the thing for me, as frustrated as I've been, as down as I've been in certain moments, it's amazing. I just had this overwhelming sense of gratitude the last couple of days thinking about, man, you have listened to me rant and rave and interview people and talk about fitness for 399 shows before this. That's awesome. I think about, you know, all the amazing people that I have in my life from my friends, my family, the athletes that I get to coach. It's been pretty awesome. And this really all kind of came to a head a couple weekends ago. If you remember young Lance, from OG iFast days. Lance, I believe, was probably member number five, and he wore every hat at iFast. When he started, 
He didn't even pay gym dues. He was like the cleaning guy. So he was an open gym member, went from cleaning guy to front desk person to intern to coach to iFast U contributor. Like just watching Lance's evolution over those 10 years was like watching one of your kids grow up. So going to his wedding a couple weeks ago was truly surreal. Not only getting to catch up with him, but man, it was memory lane from an iFast perspective. We had Zach Moore there, who was our second employee. We had Jay Chung, who was our third. We had Ty Terrell, who was our fourth. We had Eric Otter. I mean, I know I'm going to forget people. We had Tony Giuliano. I know I'm going to forget people, so I'm not going to try and remember everybody. But it was just this overwhelming sense of gratitude and joy and just thinking about all these amazing people that I've gotten to interact with and help hopefully mentor and guide over their career. But also this sense of emptiness and loss, thinking like, I don't think I can recreate that, at least not the way that it was. And so it was like this really high. And then on the drive home, it was this really low. And Jess and I were just talking and she's like, man, you just had an amazing run. Like you shouldn't be upset about that. That was an amazing run. You built a world-class gym with world-class coaches. I mean, you look around, Tony went on to work at Google and Exos and Tonal, and now he's at Stanford. Ty went on, he worked for the Hawks. Now I believe he's like the performance director for the Washington Wizards. Eric Otter, performance director, or high performance director, whatever he calls himself, at the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, you just look around and it's, it's this amazing group of humans that Bill and I helped grow. And so there's this sense of pride. And while I was sad for a few minutes, I had to take a step back and just realize, you know, look, we did have a great run. But at the same time, everything changes. I believe it's a saying. If not, it would be a great saying. You know, the only constant in life is that things will change. And that's how it is, right? We had an amazing run, but it's also time for IFAST to evolve. It's time for me to evolve. And as I was working on this this solo show, as I was working on other things, because I'm starting to wrap up my off-season basketball right now, I just took a step back and I had to ask myself, like, what gets me excited about what I do? Because I've been in this field for 23 years. I've owned my own businesses for about 17 of those. I've ran a gym for 15. So like at this point, it would be really easy to just get burnt out, to be complacent, to just go through the motions. And I had to ask myself, okay, what gets me excited? What am I still passionate about? Or maybe what are some new things that I'm passionate and excited about? And I came up with a couple things. Number one, being around great people and great coaches. Like I still love that. If you look at iFast in its prime, we had amazing people, amazing coaches, amazing interns. So many people were switched on just intellectually. I love that. And so when people ask, well, why did you go to summer league this year? You didn't even go to the games. No, but I was around these amazingly high level basketball practitioners. When I get to hang around guys like Eric Schmidt, who's coming on the show, Chris Chase, Mike Roncarati, Eric Otter, Lawakino wasn't there, but... I mean, I got to hang out and interact with so many amazing practitioners. It just gets my juices flowing. It gets me excited about getting in the gym and training people. Second, I'm still excited about continuing education. I still love learning myself. You know, I, I, various levels of completion between Alex Natera's course, Matt Jordan's course. I'm going through these still, and I'm going to go back through them this fall and this winter when I have some free time to really finish them up and put a bow on it. But I still love continuing education, learning myself. And on the flip side of that, I still love educating others. So we'll talk more about that later in the show and how I'm going to make that a bigger piece of what I do going forward. But then the final piece, and this is crazy to me. When I think about it, I've been coaching on a very regular basis since 2000. That's 23 years of coaching. And it's very rare that I get out of bed and I think, I don't want to coach today. In fact, it happens almost never. I still, 23 years later, love the challenge of going into the gym. I've got that white belt beginner's mindset of, look, I think I know how today's going to go down, but you never know. You never know what you're going to learn that day. You never know who's going to show up and, you know, a knee hurts or a back hurts. How do you fix the program? How do you tweak things? How do you help them get a great training session so that you're not missing extended periods of time? Like, I love coaching. And so that's something that's always got to be 
kind of at the forefront for me. Maybe I don't coach as much as I do now in 15 or 20 years, but coaching is in my DNA. And so I know between being around great trainers and coaches, continuing to educate myself and others and coaching myself, these are things that have to be in my life going forward. Then another piece that I think is really important is constantly checking in on what's important to you. Because as you get older, as you have more roles and responsibilities, something that I've learned is it's very easy to learn or to lose your sense of self, especially in coaching, right? I've talked to so many coaches over the years and they're like, I just feel like I'm serving others and I get it. It's part of what we do. We are servants to others. But when I was on vacation a couple of years ago, I had this really lucid moment of if I want to have the biggest impact on other people, I have to take care of myself first. And I had like these small concentric circles. So in the middle was me. And then from there, it was my family. And then from there, it was my people. So my athletes, my staff at IFAST, the people that I'm closest to, my close friends, family members. And then from there, it's my extended circle. But what I realized was, hey man, if this circle in the middle representing me is really small, then the impact I can have on others is small as well. So if I want to get better, I have to take better care of myself. I have to grow as a human and as an individual. So these are things that I've thought a lot about, and it's kind of led me to some choices and some decisions that I've had to make as to what I want to do going forward. So saying, hey, we had an amazing run at IFAST where we were building great interns. We were building great coaches. We were running a very top shelf gym. You know, you look at the income, nobody's going to be blown away with our income. We're not one of these seven figure a year businesses, but man, we did really great work with a really small staff. And it was reflected in the sense that people were constantly taking our coaches and hiring them for much higher level positions. So I felt like we did some amazing things there, but what have I learned? Well, just because things were a certain way, doesn't mean they're going to stay that way forever. So somebody asked me a while back because I made a point to mention this last year that this is our last internship class this summer. And somebody was like, ah, whatever, Mike, you're not done. Like, you're not going to hire, you're not going to stop your internship program or stop bringing people into IFAST. And at first I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. I'm not going to stop. And then as I got into this summer, I had the most amazing intern. Sandy, if you're listening to this, I know you are at some point. Thank you. You were amazing. More than I ever could have hoped for. I mean, we're talking a legit top shelf intern. But yeah, I just thought to myself, this is it, man. This is it. I can't take somebody from ground zero and build them up. Maybe I could, but I just don't know if I have the time and energy at this point in my career. What I do know is that if somebody has a certain level of knowledge and experience and curiosity and wants to keep going with that, then I'm your guy. A thousand percent, I can help you. But what I can't do is be in the gym, grinding every day with a full coaching staff, with the online education piece of RTS, with my family, and running an internship program and trying to make that what I know it can be. There just has, there has to be a point where I can't do all the things that I want to do, right? I haven't read the newsletter yet. I'm going to call it up here real quick because I think it's really valuable. If you don't read Ryan Holiday's stuff, Ryan Holiday is arguably my favorite author of all time. But the title alone captured me. So the title of this newsletter that Ryan Holiday sent out is, No, You Can't Have It All, in parentheses, especially as a parent. And that just really hit home for me. Because, look, <laughs> I'm that guy. I want to have it all, right? I want to have an amazing home life. I want to have an amazing career. I want to take great care of myself, make a huge impact on our industry. But I just realized I can't do all the things. And so running the day-to-day -day IFAST and running the day-to-day -day IFAST internship are just not things that I can do at a high level or at the level that I would like for it to be at. So I have to step away from that. So, you know, as I'm kind of letting all this go, there are some thank yous I want to say to people around the IFAST community, the staff, we have had just a world-class staff. 
I mean, from our front desk people to our interns, to our coaches, the staff is really what made IFAST what it was. Bill and I were figureheads, yes, and we got a lot of credit. But I had so many times where people over the years would say, oh, well, I only want to work with you or I only want to work with Bill. And I had to just, you know, pump the brakes like, no, it, why would you just want to work with me if I'm putting a Zach Moore or if I'm putting Ty Terrell or Jay Chung or Dave Shock, if I'm putting any of these guys on the floor, that means Eric Huddleston. If I'm putting these guys on the floor, they are world class. They need to be out here. They should command your respect and they're going to take great care of you. And to see what those guys have become, man, it's amazing to see. So to all the staff, thank you. To all the interns, I have a list somewhere of every intern that's ever been at IFAST. And man, it is so fun to go back and look at that and see if the, just the amazing people that we've touched over the years. And I mean, look, starting with the OG Nick Rosencutter, the original Nick the Intern in 2009, all the way up to Sandy San Miguel, who was our last intern in the summer of 2023. It's been amazing to see all these amazing people that have been through our doors, that have committed huge chunks of their life. It's not easy. This is not an easy internship, my friends. Like we put you to the test. We make you coach. We put you out of your comfort zone on purpose. So to all of you, to every intern that's ever been at IFAST, thank you. And last but not least, I would be remiss to say this, but man, thank you so much to Bill. Man, how awesome is Bill? Such an amazing dude. He has constantly pushed our industry forward. He's the mentor I always knew I needed and never had until I was like 27 years old. But man, I got Bill at just the right time. And I am still so thankful for our relationship, both not only in the business, but our friendship as well, because he is an amazing human being and way funnier than you guys would ever imagine. If you don't get to see real Bill outside of IFAST or not on a coffee and coaches call, come hang out at some point. He's amazing. So that's kind of like the stories and stuff part of the show. Now, the second part of the show and the, the thing that I'm excited to talk to you about is, hey, man, okay, that's how things were. How are things going to be? How are things going to change and evolve? And I think questions that I've been asking myself here are important. And I'm sure I stole this from somebody way smarter than me. I'm sure probably somebody like Tim Ferriss. He's always asking these kind of thought-provoking questions. But two questions I've been asking myself a lot lately. Number one, what would it look like if this was easy? Because I have this tendency to think things through in a certain way, and I think, okay, this is how this is going to work. But a lot of times it's really time intensive, or it's really labor intensive, or I end up taking on a ridiculous lion's share of the work when I could probably make it a lot easier on myself. So this is something I've been trying to do a lot more up here lately is finding the right people to surround myself with, to delegate more and to just allow me to do what I do best, right? Like I love creating shows like this, but that doesn't mean I should edit the show and create the social media content for the show and do the transcripts or any of that stuff. Luckily, I've got the amazing Paul Rutan to do that stuff. So instead of doing all the things myself, what would it look like if this were easy? And then here's the second question. I think this is even more important is I get older. Number two, how can I make this more fun? Man, it's really hard when you get older, especially like now as my kids are getting older, like, you know, they, they laugh, but it's not like when they're little kids, right? They're not four and five. Yeah, they laugh, but not as much. You know, you get older, the people you're around get older, you just laugh less, there's less joy. So I'm constantly asking myself, how can I make this more fun? Whether it's content creation, whether it's shooting videos, shooting this podcast, writing an article, you know, working on slides for my program design mentorship. How can I make this fun so that I want to do more of it? And before we go any further, I do have some business thank yous too. And I just want to like kind of break down a couple people. Again, Bill wouldn't be here today without him. Alan Cosgrove for kicking me in the pants. I think it was 2007, putting me on the spot, asking me when I was going to open my gym made me do it, right? I had a commitment at that point in time. So thanks to Alan for getting me started. Pat Rigsby for all his amazing support over the years, for helping sh get guide and shape all the things that are IFAST and RTS. Wouldn't be here today without Pat. My guy, Matt Sizemore, who does all the back-end work for me in Infusionsoft, back-end technical work. Andrew Paltler, who does my website design, 
My guy, Paul, dude, Paul, you're the best, dude. I appreciate you more than you know. You guys don't know who Paul is. Paul does all of the podcast stuff for me. He also does all my videos, which we'll talk more about. Man, again, Paul, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for sharing my vision and helping me create something that I think is going to be truly special in the years to come. And then last but not least, guys like Luca, like Joel, like Andy McCloy, guys that are constantly pushing me to grow and evolve in the business sense and in the business space that RTS and IFAST live in. So when we talk about content and, and what I kind of see the shape in the future of RTS going forward, there's really three pieces here. There's writing, there's podcasts, and there's videos. And I've gotten a lot of questions about this. Just why I have all these different streams of content now, because if you follow RTS up until, you know, really about six, seven years ago, it was almost exclusively written content. There were blogs, there were articles, but, you know, if there were videos, it was very few and far between. I had a podcast in the trenches fitness. If you can find those, good luck. I have them stored away at some point. Maybe I will release those back out into the internets. I can't imagine how bad those are on every level because I shot, recorded those, edited them myself. I'm sure it was a train wreck. But, you know, there was a reason I started to diversify my content because I saw the writing on the wall. I was tracking all of my numbers meticulously. I was looking at Google Analytics and I'm watching. I'm writing longer articles, yet time on site is going down, down, down. Visits are going down. And I'm like, why is that? It's because... Yeah, there is a certain demographic that loves a written article. I love a well-written article. I love writing articles. And there's a certain demographic on my site that loves reading articles. But as social media has evolved, as our ability to focus <laughs> has gone down, people want podcasts that they can listen to in the car, on a walk. They want video content. So that's why I've started to diversify all this, because I just want to meet you wherever you're at. If it's listening to a podcast on your way to work or on a walk with your dog, amazing. If it's sitting down with you on a Sunday morning and reading an article, that's fantastic. If it's watching a four or five minute YouTube clip on how to coach a split squat or how to warm up for your squat or loosen up your shoulders, that's great too. All I want to do is create different types of content that will best connect with different types of people. So that's why I've started to do that. And it's been really cool because when I think about the podcast and the evolution there, legitimately 50 to 100 episodes, that was my goal. And so I, I went in today because I was like, you know, I haven't looked at my stats in a while. You know, how are, the, how are those going? Because I'm not focused so much on the outcome. I'm definitely focused on the process of this and just, hey, I'm going to create a show every week. I'm not going to miss a week. So this was pretty cool. Going back in, as of today, we have 2,374,247 total listens. So across 400 episodes, you're looking at about 6,000 downloads per show. That's pretty freaking cool, right? For just a niche down fitness podcast. I'm not Rogan. I'm not one of these like infomercial level fitness entertainer type people. I'm a coach who runs a gym and tries to make other coaches better. So the fact that 6,000 people are downloading each episode, that's pretty cool. Anywhere from 30,000 to 50,000 downloads a month. Here's the really cool thing. And again, why you can't just tether yourself to a specific number. I remember for years when I first started, my goal was to get 1,000 downloads a day. So get a 30K month. And it took forever. Man, there were months I was at like 29 and then it'd go back down to like 22 21 or 18. I'm like, dude, what is going on? I felt like, man, I'm listening to other podcasts. I'm learning about podcasts. I'm trying to ask better questions. And then it was crazy. Like one month, it was like, it wasn't just 30K, it was like 32K and then 35. And now I'm thinking, forget about 30K. I want to go to 40K. And so you see that growth. And now if I have a 32K month, 32K download month, I'm like, oh, that's trash. What am I doing wrong? Like, how do I get better? So just your perspective on everything changes. So, you know, just little, you know, feedback for me. Don't get caught up on one number, right? Get caught up in the process. Obviously have some target goals. I'll talk about target goals here in a minute, but think about 
how can I continue to grow and evolve? How can I make things incrementally better? And then in a lot of cases, the outcome will take care of itself. This is cool. A couple of my highest downloaded shows. I'll make sure I link these in the show notes. Keith Barr on Bulletproof Tendons is the highest downloaded show of all time. Stuart McGill actually cracks the top five twice. I'm sure you can imagine that. It's He's such an amazing human being. Like, again, kind of a mentor from a distance for me. And then it was really surreal. I believe it was at a DNS conference. I don't even remember what year it was now, but he was in the back and we're just sitting there and it's a social and we're like cracking a beer and Stu McGill is just sitting there and we're just like talking and hanging out. I'm like, oh my God, this is Stu McGill. And I'm like, Dr. McGill, it's so great to meet you. He's like, please, please call me Stu. So literally got to sit there and crack beers and drink with Stu McGill. Like such a seminal moment for me as a young coach. So to see him in the top five, not surprising. Eric Cressy, Bulletproof Shoulders. Joel Jameson, I think he's been on the show seven times now, maybe eight. Joel's kind of got an open invitation. Whenever he wants to come on and talk shop, he is just, we're wired so the same. We're always asking questions. I'm probably more on the biomechanics movement side. He's a little bit more on the physiology side, but man, I just love connecting with him. And then actually a surprise from the top 10, because I don't feel like I got a lot of feedback on this show, but Dr. Amy Bender talking about sleep. I love talking about sleep. I'm fascinated by it. It's actually what I would describe as a keystone habit for me, but I'll make sure I link all these in the show notes because you know, if you haven't listened to them before, fantastic. Go back, check them out. If you have listened to them before, that means they're probably pretty powerful. Go back, maybe listen to them a second time because I guarantee you're going to take some things away. I also want to show you just the contrast from where we started to where we're at today. So what I'm going to have my guy Paul do here is just splice in a few seconds of audio from my first ever show. My first podcast for this show was with Lori Lindsay. Again, amazing human being, one of my favorite soccer players of all time. It was such an honor to be able to work with her. And it gave me so much confidence as a coach to know, hey, look, like I was really trying to make my name in soccer at that point in time. So to have a Daniel Rourke, to have a Chad Marshall, to have a Lori Lindsay under my belt very early on in my career made such a huge impact on me. So just a quick little snippet from that show so you can hear how awful I am on tape. And hopefully you get a feel for the difference as to where I was and where we're at now. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed uh, the show, and we'll be back next week with our next edition. Take care. Okay. So, again, huge difference, right? In everything about the show, from the audio quality to the segments and the transitions to the questions that I ask to the energy that I'm trying to bring to each and every episode. So I hope you enjoy the show. Obviously, you wouldn't be here if you didn't, but and I just hope you enjoy seeing the evolution of it over the years. It's been really fun and something I'm still passionate about. And then last but not least, goals and focus going forward with regards to the Physical Prep Podcast. You know, look, I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel here, but what I am continuing to do 400 episodes in is continuing to tighten the screws. How can I make the show better? Obviously, you probably noticed over the last year, I've gone from audio only to a video show. Some people want to watch the whole show on YouTube. The great thing about recording video live, too, is now we have those little social media segments that we can drop on Instagram, on YouTube Shorts. So anything that we can do to just generate more buzz about the show and bring more awareness, I think, is valuable. I'm also considering doing transcripts. It may be something that I do as like a small supplement. We can talk more about that later, but I don't know. Transcripts, there's all kinds of cool stuff that I can continue to do, and I'm still thinking through like what next steps are. But I can tell you, as long as I'm doing this show, we're going to work on getting incrementally better each and every week. Second, my long-term goal is to continuously hit that 50K mark. Again, I said don't get caught up in outcome-based goals, but I'd like to think this industry is only going to grow. The listener base is only going to grow. My learning of the field and of podcasts and how to create a better podcast is hopefully going to continue to grow. So that's a goal. I would love to get to 50K downloads every single month. I'm going to continue to find elite practitioners. Just look at the last year of shows. If you haven't been on the website and just gone to the podcast section and just scrolled through, 
Look at the last year of contributors. I mean, it's truly amazing. Joel Jameson, Bill Hartman, Drake Berbere, Ebony Rio. Man, I can't even think of all the great people. Alex Natera. I know I'm missing about a thousand, but it's just been an amazing year. Like every show I'm like, oh my, Les Spellman was on just recently. Just looking at this list of people that's been on, I'm going to continue to find the best of the best because that's who we need to learn from. That's who we need to model what we're doing from. And then the final piece here is just trying to partner with the right groups. You know, in the last year or so, I've started to add in some ad rules, try not to be too pushy about that because I want you to be here for the content, but also the right partnerships help grow the business. They help. And when I say grow the business, it's not like I'm running a Rogan level podcast where they're giving me an eight or nine figure Spotify. Instead, what that does is it helps me upgrade the audio. It helps me upgrade the lighting. It helps me pay Paul a little bit more so he can create more social media clips and all that. So, you know, I want to partner with the right groups, but it's really important. I have this in caps, the right groups, because you guys would be shocked at how much money I have turned down from people that just aren't the right fit. They want to do sponsored posts on my website. They want to pay for their person to be a guest on the show. They want to pay me a ridiculous sum to promote some product that I have zero belief in. No, like that's just not who I am. So do I want to find the right groups to partner with to continue to grow and evolve the show and support the show? Absolutely. But every money I make from the podcast or from YouTube type stuff, I'm just putting that back into the business because I'm all about growing what we're doing here. It's not about me lining my pockets. It's about finding ways to make our industry better. So that's the podcast. Talk a little bit about YouTube. This is something that, you know, I hadn't really paid a ton of attention to, but let me just go back a second and I'm going to freestyle this one because I don't love Instagram anymore. I don't love a lot of social media. I don't love Twitter too argumentative. I don't love Instagram, which is just, Hey, me and the same people posting eight times a day. Threads is just a more annoying version of Instagram and Twitter kind of mashed together. I just don't love it anymore. So as Shantae always says, keep showing up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to put, you know, links to the podcast. I'm going to show snippets from the podcast. You know, maybe when things slow down a little bit, I'll put more of my own content in there. Maybe next summer when I've got more people back in, I'll bring somebody in once a week and we'll shoot social media content just for Instagram. But I had this realization that it's such a cycle with Instagram. You have to constantly feed the monster and I just don't have any desire to do that. Now, with that being said, when it comes to YouTube, I think it's a lot different story. And feel free to disagree with me here. Maybe you think I'm totally off base, but I feel like if something's on YouTube, one, it's a lot easier to find. Second, it's great for longer form content. I don't want like tips and tricks and hacks. That's not how I work. Instead, I want to give you something of real substance. So even if it's a four or five minute video on unlocking your shoulders about how to squat or how to warm up for your squat more effectively, my top seven hamstring exercises, which is getting ready to drop. These things are valuable. They're things that, you know, hopefully you're going to watch and be able to take and deploy or that make you think a little bit differently about training. So there's value there, but I can also constantly call back to them. I can link to those in shows like this. I can tie them into articles to make articles uh, a little bit more robust, a little bit more multimedia friendly. So I just feel like for me, the play in the long term is going to be YouTube. So if you want to follow me, you want real video content, that's probably the best place to go. But I hadn't looked at this until recently. So I thought I'm just going to go in. I'm going to get some baseline stats because I am going to make a push on YouTube in the next couple of years. So total stats, I'm a little over 5 million total views, 15,700 subscribers, 712 videos. And if you want a real laugh, I'm going to drop in some of our first ever videos. There's all kinds of videos from iFast 1.0 in there of just me doing random exercises I'm pretty sure there's literally a video of me doing a glute bridge that has like 168,000 views on YouTube, which is mind blowing. I don't think there's any sound, any audio, crappy lighting, but 168,000 views because it's just been there forever. But I'm going to drop in these old videos of me coaching Lance, coaching my friend Lil Stevie. If you haven't seen Lil Stevie, you're missing out. You got to see him. But like the 90 90 split squat video, conquering the chin up. These are 
the videos that I started with. That's what got me kind of interested in creating video content. And again, you're going to see the evolution. If you haven't watched our more current videos, we're really trying to spice it up, make it engaging. We got two cameras. We've got, you know, clean audio, just trying to really make it engaging and making it fun to learn. I'm just at this point where if it's not fun either to create or it's not fun to learn, I'm not going to do it. So my focus on YouTube going forward, one video per week. Now, you're going to find the podcast on there. You're going to find the little shorts on there. But I want to create one training or program design focused video every week. Long term. Now, this is going to be a long term goal. So bear in mind here, I'm going to create that one video per week. And my goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers. Now, that's a huge number. That's going to be hard because let's be real here. I'm a 45-year-old dude. Average looks at best, moderately engaging personality, but I think I got a lot to offer. I'd like to think I can be moderately engaging. I'd like to think my superpower is my experience, my years of coaching people, the fact that I'm so freaking passionate about this industry and helping people move and feel better. So it's not just to hit that number, but it's 100,000 subscribers to truly move the needle and make our industry a better place to help educate trainers, coaches, end user clients and athletes. I just want to level all of us up and make sure we're playing at a higher level than we are now. And that's it, man. For me, real world, practical info, and just keeping, just keep trying to make the world a little bit better each and every day. So Big plans for YouTube. Luca, I'm coming for you, my guy. Luca's killing it, dude. I think he's at like 102,000. I paid no attention to YouTube for many years. Like I would do videos for a while and be like, eh, I'm good. Because the allure was always like the quick fix or do stuff on Instagram. You can shoot it, create it, edit it, post it all on your own in 15 minutes. But again, it lives and dies so quickly. I want to create something that's more lasting and something that's useful for a longer period of time. So YouTube is where it's at. Now, let's start to pull this together. All goals. Because people are always asking me, Mike, you know, you're 45? Dude, that's crazy to think about. I am 45 this year. I've been doing this 23 years. My kids are 12 and 9. Like, a lot of reality has hit home in the last three to four months. Before I get to my goals, though, let me just tell you this. I wish somebody would have told me at 25 how good I could feel at 45. It's mind-blowing. Like literally mind blowing. I thought at 40, I was like, man, I wish I would have known at 20, I could feel this good at 40. Now at 45, I feel amazing. I feel probably as good, if not better than I did when I was 30 to 35. Cause you know, I train the right way. I fuel my body appropriately. Sleep is pretty good. You know, I recover. I just know how to take care of myself. So I've got a lot of goals going forward. So content driven goals. Let's start there. One podcast a week for at least the next 100 episodes, because I got to get to 500. Like who would quit at 450? That'd be dumb. And I also feel like this is just such a momentum-based creature now. 500, yeah, I I would feel weird even stopping at 500. I don't know when we're going to stop. But the goal is, process-driven goal, one podcast a week, one video a week, one process newsletter every week. If you're not on the process newsletter, I will drop a link in the show notes. It is a new project that I'm working on with my guy, Pat Rigsby, where basically I go in, call the internet, find the best training information each and every week, whether it's articles, videos, podcasts, and I drop it all into one short newsletter that you can consume in, you know, five, 10 minutes. Now, some of the content's longer form, right? I think one of the videos I posted from Luca this week was like an hour long, but you can consume it very quickly, scan it and figure out, oh yeah, you know, I want to learn how to build a better business or yeah, I want to listen to Eric Cressy talk about elbow health or how to strengthen my forearms. One process newsletter every week, and then a goal of one article a month. And the only reason I say one article a month is that they're a lot more time consuming. Generally, I have to take multiple stabs at something now between writing it, editing it. I really want it to be a rich user experience. So now when I write an article, it's like not just an article. I'm dropping in a podcast that I think maybe supports certain points or videos that I think are helpful. But one other thing that I may do to speed this up is make things a little bit more synergistic. So for example, I just did that whole video on how to warm up to squat. Well, the video itself is kind of short. It's direct, it's to the point. 
But what if I gave you a longer form article that fleshes out, well, why do we do that rock and roll exercise? What is that focus there? What does a good dynamic warm-up look like? So just diving deeper into the actual video itself and maybe substantiating some of those points that are important but wouldn't really hit home or be that exciting to watch in a video. So lots of ideas there, but probably one article per month. RTS macro goals. This is hard because I feel like the cert has done incredibly well. I think we're kind of around 600 some people that have gone through the cert at this point in time, which is amazing and super, super cool. But now it's like, okay, it's also been out for a while. I feel like it's time for a freshen up. So am I going to just freshen what I have? Or Joel and I have talked about, do I need to create like a level two that's more focused on athletes, that's more sports specific in nature? I don't know. Something I need to think about. I'm going to see Joel here in a couple of weeks. So I think we're going to sit down and hash that out and try and think, okay, what are next steps there? In the meantime, I'm opening, reopening my program design mentorship, which is really a deep dive into everything programming. I accept a very small group of practitioners. In this case, it's 10 and it's intense, right? It forces me to go in and really like explain all the nuance between how I write a program, the X's and O's of sets, rep schemes, you know, how to regulate intensity, how to write better warmups, how I think about speed, plyometric, explosive training. It's intense <laughs> to say the least, but you know, getting that going again, it's something I hadn't offered, I think in like four or five years now, which is weird. I don't know why I stopped running it other than the fact that life got in the way, all the changes with the gym. I just didn't have as much time to dedicate to it. And hopefully you're seeing a theme here. If I can't do something hundred percent, I'm just not going to do it. So getting the mentorship running again, super excited about that. We've already got people signed up and that's going to start here in a couple weeks. And then this is something I'm very excited about and something I just keep coming back to. In the Matrix, Neo talks about the splinter in the mind, or maybe Morpheus says to Neo, that talks about the Matrix being the splinter in the mind. So for me, the splinters in my mind, I just keep coming back to knees and Achilles stuff. Knees and Achilles. And granted, I'm in the basketball space, so these are things I'm constantly working on and addressing with my athletes. But I think I'm going to create some sort of product course. I don't know if it's an ebook. I don't know what it's going to be, but I think in the next one to two years, I really want to deep dive on some of those, get into all the relevant research. I think I've got a ton of great real world and practical information to share, but I want to make sure I've got all my ducks in a row. Cause if I'm going to create something like that, a la bulletproof knees, you know, 2008 or whenever I launched that, if I'm going to create a very specific niche down product, again, <laughs> I want it to be really good. So see, you guys see, like I struggle with this stuff. I'm like so OCD, so perfectionistic. I'm trying to be better about it, right? I, I want to create more stuff, but I get in my own way. So tell me, hey, Mike, stop being a perfectionist. Just crank more stuff out. As far as IFAS goes, building IFAS basketball, that's a whole topic for another show. Repping the new shirts, they look super clean. Thank you to Gabby Mathias for not only putting this together, but the contrast, the, the shirts look fire. So appreciate you, Gabby. Continuing to build iFast basketball. This has been my passion project for I think the last six or seven years now to see the fact that, man, we've had guys that were seniors in high school that I've now had, or sorry, seniors in college that I've now had their entire end of their college and entire professional careers. It's been very cool. NBA clients, G League clients, Euro League clients. Right now, I, I've started to get more college and high school kids back in because as my kids trend a little bit later in the day, not everything has to be done by 6 or 7 p.m. Now I can start taking some of those high school and college kids back on. Man, it's been really fun. It's just so engaging and just really trying to lock in on how do I do this to the best of my ability? Because I'm not an NBA team. I don't have NBA resources or connections. Well, maybe connections, but not NBA level resources. So how do I build the best basketball development program in the world in the private sector? Like that's my goal. Continuing to level up our independent contractors. As you know, we don't have employees anymore at IFAST, but that doesn't mean I want any random Johnny running around doling out, you know, arm days to their coaches. 
So trying to find ways to continue to level up our independent contractors, whether it's getting them access to the CERT, whether it's getting them onto IFAST University, doing Q&As with them once a month, we're gonna continue to find ways to level up our coaches. And then here's something I'm so excited about. I haven't talked about this up to this point. Can I tell you how excited I am to get real seminars back at our gym? Now, granted, if you came into our gym now, it's like half under construction. There's a huge tarp in the background. It's a disaster. But fingers crossed, in the next four months, can't even say that with a straight face. Supposedly, in the next four months, the gym will be done, at which point I'm going to start hosting seminars. And who we're going to have? I don't know. All kinds of stuff. Complete coach certification seminars? Yes. I'm thinking about doing some coaching seminars myself where it's not, you know, program design. We can do that online. We can do that remote. Coaching, you really kind of got to do it in person. So maybe I do some either long weekends or full week coaching intensives where it's all about, hey, let's break down a squat, a lunge, a split squat, push up. How do we coach and cue this most effectively? So those types of seminars, but I also want to start getting some high level practitioners that are outside of the IFAST ecosystem into our gym. So a couple people that I have right off the top of my brain here, I would love to get Courtney Connolly from Gate Happens. I would love to get one of their courses in our gym. Again, coming back to this feet, Achilles, basketball, it just makes sense. I'd love to get Matt Jordan to come in and do a force plate course at our gym. I think that would be fire. You know, those are just two that I have right off the top of my head, but who knows? If there's somebody you'd love to see at our gym, somebody that's been on the show that you think would be a great practitioner and somebody awesome to learn from, send me a message, send me an email, mike at robertsontrainingsystems.com. Let me know who you would like to see at our gym. So iFast, very cool, excited about the future there. Myself, continuing to level up my fitness, um, doing pretty well there. The summer is always the hardest time because as training and coaching take over and then I get home and I've got my kids there, I wanna spend time with my kids. Generally, I don't get to work out as much as I would like. So just getting back into all of those habits. You know, I think I've worked out like four or five times in the last six or seven days just because I have more time. So continuing to level up my fitness. I did a, a podcast a while ago where I believe it was called Keystone Habits. I talk a lot about training, nutrition, recovery, mindset, and meditation. For me, the Keystone Habit, the one that was always the driver of the show was training in the past. If I was training, then I knew, oh, I should probably eat better and I should probably sleep more. And it helped control any anxiety or stress that I was dealing with. But as I've gotten older, one thing I've really learned is if I don't sleep enough, everything else goes haywire. But what, what do you guess? Oh, last night I got a great night's sleep, had a great training session today. I'm eating great as well. Everything feels good. You know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to create a great podcast for you. So for me, finding ways to level up my fitness and really understanding myself and knowing that sleep is such an impactful thing for me, making sure I've got that locked in and working at a high level is important. Weekly Con Ed, finding ways to continue to educate myself from those high level practitioners we've already talked about, and then just streamlining processes. You know, Matt and I have talked about this, Paul and I have talked about this, finding ways to just streamline everything that I'm doing so it doesn't feel like it, like I'm just dragging up the bottom of the ocean, right? Making everything that I do less energy intensive. And then the final piece here is family. And even though I talk about it last, as the saying goes, it's last, but definitely not least. For me, those concentric circles, taking care of myself, I have to do that. If I don't do that, then I can't be the husband and father that I need to be for my family. So finding you know, time every day, finding, you know, if possible, you know, times to go on a date every single week with Jess, having dedicated time with my children. The best part about being an entrepreneur, yeah, there's all kinds of sideways stuff that happens, you know, and we talked about that earlier in the show, that stuff happens. But the great thing is I command my own schedule. I control my own destiny. So, you know, look, if I don't want to work every afternoon, and I want to be able to take Kendall to every soccer practice. Or I want to be able to coach Cade's baseball team or just be super involved in their lives. I get the opportunity to do that because I'm very conscious of the fact that even though it's crazy to think they're 12 and nine right now, they're not going to be 12 and nine for long, right? Pretty soon that's going to be 10 and 13 and 11 and 14. 
So I want to just soak up every minute of time that I can get with my kids and enjoy that time with them. Because at some point, don't even get me thinking about this, but at some point, they're not going to be in our house. They're not going to be around. So I want to make sure I carve out that time for them each and every day. And I, I wrote this note to myself. It's not just about spending time because time, you know, I could just be sitting here like on my phone, gaming, looking at social media, whatever, doing whatever, texting people and not at all engaged with who they are and what they've got going on. So something I always try and remind myself is don't just be there, but truly see them truly hear them. What's going on in their lives? Where are they at right now? How can I help them? And man, <laughs> if you are a parent, you already know this. If you're not a parent, little word of wisdom, man, this is the hardest yet most rewarding job you will ever have. It's a no win game in certain instances, man, because all you want to do is love them, inspire them, and just get them to become the best versions of themselves while also not making them hate you <laughs> and piss you off. So it's hard, but man, I love it. I love them. I love my family more than anything. So making sure that I always take care of them, like all the other stuff, man, if everything else fell to pieces, as long as I'm taking care of myself and my family, as long as those closest circles to me are working the way they're supposed to, then all is well. So man, Paul hates it when I clap too. Paul, there's one more for you. That really kind of does it for this show. 51 minutes of me just brain dumping all of the things on you. I hope it was at the start. I hope it was entertaining. I hope it gave you some insights as to just kind of the evolution of the gym, high fast as a whole, and then transitioned into, you know, the intersection of high fast, RTS, Mike Robertson as a human being and professional and just gives you insights as to where this whole thing is going. Because look, at the end of the day, 45 years old, 23 years in the game, eight years of creating podcasts, 15 years of gym ownership. Man, I still love this. I still freaking love it. Good days? Yes. Bad days? Absolutely. Right? I do not sit here with rose-colored... <laughs> I do not sit here with rose-colored glasses on anymore. I'm a lot less naive. But man... I still love what I do. I still love the people that I'm around. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. So I know I said it up top. I feel like I need to say it again. If you are listening to this, if you listen to me ramble for the last 52 minutes and 23 seconds, thank you so much for your support. I love and appreciate you. This show wouldn't be what it is without people like you. So thank you so much for being here, for supporting me. Love and appreciate you. And man, let's see what we can do over these next 100 episodes.